This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. There's another issue that's facing a lot of people tomorrow, as I've been alluding to. It's rent day, and the rent is due, and some folks uh, may not be able to meet that obligation. A lot of stress and anxiety. Andrea Horvath, the leader of the opposition in the legislature, has penned a personal letter to the Premier calling for a break on such. Ms. Horvath has joined the Oakley Show to explain what she has on offer. Andrea, always a pleasure. Hope you're staying well and safe. I am. Thank you, John. I hope you are as well. Thank you. Let me ask you what you've uh, proposed to the Premier by way of a break for tenants who are facing this crisis of uh, meeting the rent. Uh, What did you suggest? Well, we've uh, asked the government to consider uh, basically a a rent rent subsidy, more or less, uh, up to um, uh, 80% of the rent to be covered off uh, and uh, to a maximum of $2,500 per household so that people will be able to pay the rent. Uh, we're putting that, pegging that at about a four-month uh, request, um, coupled with other things, uh, a, a freeze in any increases, a moratorium on uh, any lockouts or evictions or utility cutoffs, uh, but to protect all of these things in, in law so that it's not, um, you know, kind of uh, hit and miss in terms of who's able to take advantage, but, but rather that all of these things are, are enshrined in law. All right, so if we do the math roughly up to 2500 per month for four months, that's 10000 at the outside, multiplied times how many tenants, I don't know, but could you ballpark a figure that this would cost? Well, I mean, we, we don't know because we don't know how many people who still are, for example, working in essential services are renters and still able to pay their rent. Um, so we've, and, and by the way, this is also uh, something that we're hoping the government can cover off for small and medium-sized businesses as well, right? So, you know, we, we want to see this not only help renters, uh, but, um, you know, commercial renters as well. Uh, and, and it not only helps those folks, but it, it also kind of makes sure that, uh, you know, the folks that are receiving those rents are able to weather the storm as well. So it, it helps both the renter and the landlord, uh, and it's something that will help get people through uh, to, uh, to the end of the summer. Um, and so, yeah, so when, when we look at what that might be, um, we're, we're thinking anywhere from around 2 to $3 billion. Um, and what that does, though, is it, it keeps people housed, it reduces their anxiety, it keeps landlords from having to uh, default on mortgages, uh, it, it you know reduces the amount of foreclosures that are coming, it prevents people from having huge debt at the end of this in, in terms of unpaid rent ba- ba- uh, backlog. Uh, it's, it's just a way to step up and, and have people's backs during the crisis. Yeah, and with all due respect, though, it sounds to me like uh, if this were to go forward, some folks might actually do better, come out ahead uh, than what they would have if it was status quo ante. For example, uh, when you write for households experiencing unemployment or lost income as a result of COVID-19, the government's already covering that off. The federal government came out with their emergency response plan last week and then upgraded the upgrade earlier this week. I mean, if you're uh, collecting EI and you paid in, you're going to get 75%, and then they want uh, the government to, or I guess the employer, to top up the remaining 25%. And lost income, uh, didn't Prime Minister Trudeau say you'd get $2,000 a month 
for uh, four months, even if you didn't pay into EI. So I'm saying, haven't people already been backstopped? Well, I mean, I guess the question is, the question really is how much are people paying for rent? And what we're saying is not everybody would get the maximum amount, but it would be 80% of the rent. So $2,000 a month living in the city of Toronto, some, in some cases, wouldn't even cover somebody's rent. Uh, and, and granted, for those employers that are keeping people on payroll and not laying them off, uh, that's the 75% that you talked about, uh, hopefully topped up by the employer. But we know already thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people have already been laid off. So unfortunately, the federal programs are a bit slow out the door, uh, and some people are not going to be able to take advantage of those whatsoever. And so then they rely on EI. Uh, and again, uh, that's a, a system that's right now very over overwhelmed, but you get about 55% of your income. Again, people, you know, and you know this, John, and you know, and unfortunately, it's the reality. Many, many, many people, I dare say most people, live paycheck to paycheck. So if you, your income gets cut in half, um, you know, it's really hard to pay the rent and put food on the table. So I'm not talking about forever. I'm talking about for the next couple of months, give people that 80% support to help them make sure that they're able to pay their rent. Uh, and then some of these other programs will help them live. Again, with Andrea Horvath talking rent relief. So uh, when you mention that, well, EI, uh, even though the waiting period's been waived, it's a boondoggle and it still doesn't address the immediate need as in tomorrow, April 1, you're saying you hope the government will get this money out if it uh, were to come to fruition as quickly as possible. Uh, What vehicle would they use to do that? Uh, well, I mean, there's there are lots of different uh, you know programs that the government currently runs, and and lots of uh, opportunities to you know to piggyback on some of those to uh, to get those uh, checks out to people. Uh, and I think the the most important thing is if the program is uh, is something that the government's prepared to do, then announcing that they're going to do that and working on the how to get that check out the door uh, is a lot uh, better than simply saying to folks, you're on your own, negotiate with your landlord and see what you can come up with. Uh, that's, that's not really a plan. Uh, that's, that's not really a plan whatsoever. And so we're suggesting that, you know, that kind of um, response isn't good enough uh, and that if it takes, a, you know, a little couple of days or a week or two to actually put the plan in place, if you're signaling that it's coming, uh, then I think that r- creates a whole bunch of relief for both tenants uh, and landlords, both residential and commercial. All right, you're speaking of uh, rent forgiveness rather than rent deferrals. Rent deferrals, uh, in some cases, are being negotiated with the landlord directly and the tenant. Uh, Why don't you like rent deferrals? Well, I mean, again, it's a matter of um, relying on one-on-one negotiations, so it's certainly not a public policy piece that covers off uh, every single renter. Um, but the other thing that it does is it leaves people at the end of this with a with a huge debt uh, and really not a lot in terms of job prospects. I mean, I think everybody that's talking about, you know, the aftermath when we finally get out of this, what, what are things going to look like uh, in terms of economic opportunity and jobs? And so let's be realistic about that and not burden people uh, with, you know, three or four months worth of uh, deferred rents that are now sitting, you know, as a huge debt on their backs. Andrea, I wanted to pursue what you said earlier about this protecting the small landlords as well, or at least I'm assuming they're the small landlords for whom, and I've heard from a lot of them, uh, this is their principal source of income. Uh, Many are in retirement now and believing that they've got the condo, that that sustains them. Uh, how does this help them, what you have proposed to the Premier here? 
Well, I mean, what it, what it does is, is it helps to make sure that that rental revenue is still coming in so that they're not having to then worry about, uh, about you know, some of those folks still have mortgages on their properties. Uh, and it's not only folks that are, you know, have, have, uh, have bought these condos as the example you use, but, I mean, it's young people too starting out that maybe buy a home and have uh, a second unit in it to help uh, cover the cost of the mortgage. Uh, it, it basically backstops all of the, the cascading of, uh, you know, of, of foreclosures and, uh, uh, well, of, of um, uh, uh, you know, defaults on mortgages and possible foreclosures and, uh, and all of those, you know, other financial, you know, troubles that, that a lot of these landlords are, are staring down in, in the face of, uh, of tomorrow coming and, and there, there being no plan, plan in, no plan in place, rather. And so, you know, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's something that it helps those folks as well as, uh, as the folks paying the rent. You know, some rent activists are calling for a rent strike. Would you support that? You know, I think that if the government st- stepped up with a plan uh, to actually help uh, tenants pay their rent, that's the better solution. Uh, I, I just think that, um, you know, as, as we were just saying, the, the, you know, the, the re- withdrawal of rent, uh, although people are, you know, in fact, Mr. Ford actually told people, if, you're, if you can't afford to pay rent and put food on the table, put food on your table. Uh, that's, you know, that's certainly what, what I'm sure many people are going to do tomorrow, uh, and, and that's when you get into, you know, what happens to these folks who are, uh, who are the owners of the property who are expecting that revenue to come in. And that's why I think the government needs to do more than just uh, off-the-cuff suggestions like this. I mean, they, they really need to put a plan together to help get people through this so that, you know, renters can use other income sources to put food on the table uh, and, uh, and, and landlords are able to uh, collect the revenues that they need uh, to pay their mortgages and, uh, and, and some, in some cases put food on their table. But we do understand that there will be no evictions. Uh, Premier Ford was pretty adamant about that. Well, I mean, he, he certainly has said that there will be no sheriffs uh, uh, enforcing eviction orders, uh, but landlords, we know this because it's happening, you know, as we speak. We know this is complaints coming into our MPP offices. Landlords are still issuing eviction notices to people. And we both know um, evictions are a long process. They're not immediate. There's a number of steps that uh, that occur, but many tenants don't know their rights, and so they don't know that an eviction notice, you know, means that there's a whole process that has to unfold. So what we were suggesting is, like, let's make that again, not just a a, a stopping of sheriffs, um, uh, you know, enforcing eviction orders, but let's put, you know, some legislation in place that actually prevents the process of eviction from even starting during this time because nobody should should be living on, under the threat even of of the possibility of of uh, of being forced out of their home not not at a time like this but just so i'm clear on that uh these eviction notices were they handed out prior to the crisis or during the crisis? During, What's during it's, it's happening right now. As we speak, there are tenants that are, are receiving, uh, you know, eviction notices from their landlords uh, for various reasons, but, but, uh, and we'll see what happens tomorrow uh, when, when rents aren't coming in, uh, because there's no banning of the, of the issuing of the orders. Uh, there's only a ban on the actual eviction itself. And so, as I said, there's, there are tenants out there who are going to be getting eviction orders who have already been getting them during the crisis who are likely going to be more of those coming after tomorrow's situation uh, when they're not going to be able to pay their rent. And, you know, people don't need that anxiety. They don't need that pressure. They don't need that worry. Uh, let's just, you know, let's just ban the, you know, the evictions process 
process from the get-go uh, in the, uh, legislatively so that there's no questions and, and no worries. All right. So a 2 to $3 billion initiative here might be the solution uh, to help people keep the wolf from the door, and that includes, of course, the landlord. Andrea, I appreciate your joining us and uh, spelling out what you've uh, suggested to the Premier in your letter today. I'm going to pick up on that and see how people feel about it. Uh, hope you stay safe and healthy going forward and talk soon down the road. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. You stay well as well. Thank you. Thank you. Andrea Horvath, leader of the opposition in the legislature, heads the NDP. We were going to pick it up with Bill Morneau. I've been told now the press conference postponed until tomorrow. Uh, and so in his absence, uh, we're not going to speak about him. <laughs> That would be uncouth, but uh, I did want to speak about Andrea Horvath's proposal and what you make of it, because I'm sure there are many, many people for whom the rent being due tomorrow is a source of stress and anxiety. There are also landlords wondering if they're going to be positioned as the blue meanie for at least expecting to collect the rent. That's, of course, supposing that uh, you've lost your job, you're in dire straits. Otherwise, uh, it would be a situation where you'd be still expected as we heard earlier in the week, or perhaps it was late last week, from the Premier and the Prime Minister, uh, if you're still of means, you've retained your job, and everything is going along swimmingly as it had prior to the crisis, you're still expected to meet the obligation. However, if you're pressed now because you've lost your job or your source of income, do you believe that Andrea Horvath is right to suggest that the province has to step up and get your back? The NDP is proposing the government subsidize 80% of the household's monthly rent up to $2,500 per home per month for up to four months. So that would max out in some cases to ten grand. they would cover you off. Does this have merit? I'm just wondering how uh, expensive some of these programs are getting now that we're seeing, obviously, uh, the sense that debt and deficits are really irrelevant against the backdrop of uh, stanching the flow here during this crisis. Is this a bridge too far? Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.